Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is the program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic anytime. Or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And stay tuned till the end of the program. We were also going to share some exciting opportunities. And please feel free to share this with others you also know will find of interest. Well, today's guest, I'm actually really excited uh, to speak to, to introduce, and have a really uh, important conversation with. Um, I've been following his work for a long time. And honestly, we've never had a one-on-one conversation like this, uh, nor did we do a whole lot of prep for it. But we're going to jump into something that's really important. If you've been following the news at all the last couple of weeks, um, famous uh, rap star, entertainer, designer Kanye West has put his foot in his mouth more than once, making anti-Semitic comments that have become offensive and from what he from which he, rather than uh, apologizing and being contrite, has seemed to more more or less double down. And there's an issue, there are a lot of issues that we're going to get into, and I'm excited to introduce Joshua Washington as our guest. Joshua is the Executive Director of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel, IBSI, and can be reached at ibsi.org. Before he was the Executive Director, he was the Director of Special Events, planning musical performances. So we had something in common with Kanye there uh, that featured the Hebrew project artist THP across the country. As a professional musician and composer, Joshua travels the U.S. premiering his latest full-length symphonic soulful album called Zion. No doubt his album and career are a perfect complement to the vision and fulfillment of this podcast, Inspiration from Zion. The Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel is dedicated to strengthening the relationship between Israel and the Jewish people and people of African descent through education and advocacy. It condemns the Zionism is racism ideology and defends Israel's right to live in peace with its Arab neighbors and seeks to help cultivate a mutually beneficial Israel-Africa alliance. Joshua writes and speaks, speaks extensively on Zionism and civil rights seeking to strengthen the Black and Jewish relationship in the U.S. through education, music, and advocacy. Today is another first for inspiration from Zion. It's the first time we've interviewed a man following a previous interview with his wife. And in humble uh, humble respect for our respective wives, it typically is good that we let our wives go first and mm-hmm. them. In this case, Joshua's wife, wonderful wife, Olga, was a powerhouse in her own right, joined us in an episode of Inspiration from Zion about a year ago. And in fact, we were speaking about the topic of uh, the BDS movement and uh, Zionism is racism um, and Israel is an apartheid state. Olga is, an, is a Christian from South Africa and lended great insight to combating the lie of Israel being apartheid state. And I think we'll have a strong sense at the end of this episode after the conversation, how and why they make such a great team. Joshua, I'm so thrilled to have you. Welcome to Inspiration from Zion. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that, John. Yeah, so it really is a pleasure. Um, But first, you know, I I always like to do some background, and it's important. And I want to get into some background, but qualify it, because you're a a substantial Israel advocate in your own right. It kind of pains me all the more that we're having a conversation about Kanye West and his anti anti-Semitic comments with with you specifically, only because he's made it into a racial issue. And I'm really dismayed by that. And I'd really rather not have that conversation, but it is. So I so it, can you first of all, I, I, I pulled from your website a description of uh, of what the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel is, but how and why did you become its executive director? And why is it important to have such an organization to begin with? Well, so to answer your question, Jonathan, 
the first part about that is that uh, the first part of that is Ipsy was founded by my father, Dumisani Washington, who um, he founded. Who's awesome. It. Yeah, he's he's fantastic, and he he founded it in 2013, um, and kind of on the heels of right around the time that um, that that Black Lives Matter started to emerge um, after Trayvon Martin, and and um, what was happening, what we were seeing was that almost immediately the protests for Trayvon Martin, who was, who was, uh, as we know, who was killed by, by, um, why has his name's, um, his name's escaped me. Right I can now. picture his face, but I'm not yes, remembering uh, his name either. Yeah. So long now. Um, it'll come uh, George Zimmerman. There you go. George right. Zimmerman. Right. Um, uh, you know, there are protests and there's a lot of conversation around that, but it almost immediately turned to, um, anti-Israel activity, especially after Michael, Br- Michael Brown is really what made, BLM pretty success, pretty big um, after Mike Brown was was uh, killed as well, and and there are protests they called from Ferguson to Palestine and right, all these right. things, and and um, my father had you know he was already a strong supporter of Israel, but just kind of personally, so he would teach us things, and and um, one one day in his studies, he's been studying and researching and and reading up about Israel and Africa and different African countries and politics since, since the early nineties, since I was a little kid. And um, he was in the library one day and he found some newspaper clippings of an organization in the seventies called black Americans to support Israel committee. Wow. And it was founded by Bayard Rustin, who he founded it because of the UN resolution 3379 Zionism wow. and racism. He was so, uh, impacted by that, that he founded this organization to combat uh, the UN in that in that um, lie in the in the resolution. And Bayard Rustin, who was Martin Luther King's like right hand man, he was able to. This was 1975, so this after yeah. Dr. King was assassinated, but Bayard Rustin was able to. He got signatures from about, uh, around 200 uh, prominent civil rights leaders. Rosa Parks was on that committee. Wow. Um, uh, Arthur Ashe was on that committee. Um, Martin Luther King Sr., Coretta Scott King, uh, Roy Campanella, A. Philip Randolph was one of the founding members as well, along with Bayard Rustin, um, and uh, there many, and many, many, many others, uh, musicians and athletes and celebrities, civil rights leaders. And so my dad found this, and it was it was one of those moments for him. He he he, I think he cried in in the in the library, like that. There we do actually have a legacy of standing with the Jewish people and standing with Israel beyond just the quotes that we have from Dr. Martin Luther King, as powerful as they are, there's a whole legacy that came after him. Um, and so my dad began to post these things on social media and, and get this history out just so that it's on the internet. Cause it wasn't anywhere on the internet. Um, and from there, he founded uh, Ipsy. Ipsy was founded in, in uh, that same vein of basic kind of continuing on that legacy of speaking truth to power um, one of the things that Bayard Rustin did was he would write articles like directly against Yasser Arafat and the PLO, and he would he would urge other Black civil rights leaders to not embrace Yasser Arafat and not embrace the PLO because we're giving a solemn uh, amen to terrorism. And he was saying that if we don't condemn it, and this is what he said, which was very prophetic, because he said if we don't content, condemn the terrorism that that Yasser Arafat is putting on the the, the Israeli people. We're going to see that same terrorism uh, throughout the world. It's going to—it's not just going to stay in Israel, but it's going to—it's going to spread to the rest of the wow. world. Which is what I mean. And you know, let's look at let's look at uh, just the past few years what we've seen. And remember Brussels, remember Paris, remember um, I mean, heck, even the nine eleven attacks. What we see, all those things that we see were birthed, were were kind of formed. Uh, and unfortunately, they were first used against the Jews in the Middle East, and then it was spread to the rest of the world. So. Yes. Um, so this was something that we, we, uh, that threw us, that just took us back, took us back and we, that my dad decided to found this organization. I became the executive director a few years down the road. I was the special events coordinator for a while. Um, and so I would help with the, on the music side, cause that's my background. I'm a composer, I'm a performer. And, and, um, and then once my father, uh, got asked to work for Christians United for Israel, he was there right. for about seven years. Um, I became the the I was the assistant director and then I became the the executive director. Um, and then once uh, so he worked with Kufi after about seven years, he de- he decided he needed to take a step back and fully focus on Ipsy 
especially around when, what happened with George Floyd, you know, yes. and, and that thing started to bubble up again. And so now he's back as the CEO. And uh, it's important because, you know, you, there are people who try to link these things together, um, this whole solidarity thing. And and it's it's very layered and it goes very far back to the, to the 60s even, um, how this is a very deliberate attempt from outside forces, from from uh, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, from even like the KGB in Russia to to like link this whole uh, civil rights movement with being against Israel and against the Jewish people. And so where Ipsy exists in part to kind of de- uh, detangle those things and, and show the truth um, and then also kind of build and strengthen relationships between the Black and Jewish community. Amazing. Amazing. I didn't know most of what you just said, and I'm inspired, and I hope people will go to ibsi.org and follow uh, follow what you're doing. And I know you've got a tremendous social media presence as well and people should connect uh i i just have to comment it's funny in my in my youth i was involved heavily with the movement to free jews from the soviet union so as soon mm. as the kgb i like oh that that rings a lot of bells and touches nerves for me some people listening might be like joshua what really come on let's not kgb was not involved but the truth of the matter is and i'm glad you mentioned it for mm. another conversation the kgb was very involved in the whole creation of the PLO and and uh, stoking the flames, not just of the of what became the the terror that was now prophesied, not just to be in Israel but but around the world, um, but even uh, even before that, the 1973 Yom Kippur War, the Soviets had a huge role in uh, in in that. So yeah, it's it's important to to go back, and I'm really grateful. I knew nothing about all of this movement uh, previously, so thank you. Um, let let's jump in. To, to kind of our current events. Um, truth is, I've been, I don't know about you, we'll talk about it. I've been having a hard time keeping track with the frequency and the sequence of Kanye West's um, tirade. There, there have been several, and I'm probably going to go out of order and maybe miss some, but he started out with a social media post threatening, I mean, actual physical harm. He called it death going death con three, which was, uh, I don't know if it was a deliberate misspelling or, 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 or not, but of the of the military being in DEFCON uh, on Jews, and then he said that he believed this is outrageous. I mean, all of it is. Um, he believed that the reason for the Abraham Accords making peace between Israel and four Arab countries in 2020 was for Jared Kushner, Donald Trump's son-in-law, to make a profit. And then mm-hmm. social media started taking down his posts, and I forget it was Facebook, Instagram, whichever. And then he started going off on Twitter about. Um, about take, taking on Mark Zimmer, uh, um, what's his Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, who's the president and, uh, and founder of Facebook and, and now Instagram and, and stoking stereotypes of Jews controlling the media. And then he went on to Jews controlling Hollywood and specifically black voices in Hollywood. And these are all pretty bad and, and, and they're definitely wrong and offensive. But, you know, we've been through other instances, black, white, to me, it doesn't really matter of famous people making stupid and anti-Semitic comments. But to me, the icing on the cake, if you will, was being given multiple opportunities to apologize. And not only didn't he, he actually refused. So I'm going to, I'm curious when you're watching all of this and it's kind of hard to imagine, I don't know when it started three weeks ago, that, that Mm -hmm. whenever it was, it's hard to imagine that it kept going and going and going, going. And, and as we speak now, it may yet keep going because the latest news is that Adidas canceled its uh, its deal with him. What was going on in your mind when you were watching all this unfold? So it definitely. So the first time I think his tweet, the death, the DeathCon three tweet, was the first thing that happened. I think um, in this saga, I mean, and the first thing I thought was, okay, I wasn't. I was disappointed, but I wasn't shocked, and I wasn't shocked because, unfortunately, this like we were just talking about, especially in the hip hop space, the the attempt to get the black community to stand against Israel has been launched on multiple levels for, for decades. And so um, I'll give an example in the hip hop space. There's a man um, who is a member of the Wu-Tang Clan. His name is Method Man. Wu-Tang Clan is one of the biggest hip hop groups, um, probably one of the biggest ones ever, you know, um, and he wrote a song in, that he released in 1994 and the song is called PLO style. Oh dear. And, um, and 
I there's an inter, there's a short little clip of him on YouTube. Someone someone in it, the person who actually uh, asked him this question, I think, is is a very uh, he's a blogger. He's also an anti-Israel activist. So he's like again, so he's in the hip hop space. He's he's kind of like uh, always at the parties and stuff. And he asked Method Man at uh, he was at a restaurant and asked him why did you write the song. And his answer was interesting because it wasn't political. He didn't he didn't say, oh, I think that Israel's doing this. He said that growing up in in New York, in Brooklyn, he said um there was a there was a PLO store. Um there was a PLO store where we were, and we would go and we visit it, and there were there was stuff that we could buy. There was there was pictures and artwork on the wall, and we would see the pictures of these these uh young kids with with AK 47s and all that stuff. And we were told that, you know, they were fighting for their freedom and, you know, and in a, in a way, you know, we're fighting for our freedoms too. And so that's why our song, I was just inspired. And what was interesting to me was that, that, I mean, when you were, when you're a kid, you're not going to ask all the political implications or anything. You, you just, you and your kid, you just walk in, you're like, okay, this is what I'm being told. And I think right. this is cool. And that's kind of how in the psyche of when, when it comes to hip hop culture, that kind of thing has been embedded, has, has been like intentionally messaged to us for a long time. And so when it wasn't, so there's the culture part, there's, there's a political part, you know, there's, there's even the more religious part when you, we're talking about Louis Farrakhan and right. the nation of Islam. And so um, it wasn't surprising to me because Kanye, you know, he has a home if he wants to do this, he has, he has a place he can go. Like he has, he has mentors who can mentor him now and all that stuff. And it's set up, it's designed like that, um, like I said, intentionally. So that, so that, so that was my first one. I wasn't shocked, but I was very much disappointed <clears throat> and also disappointed because um, as, as the biggest hip hop star right now of all of like ever at this moment, um, Kanye has also said some things that I do agree with, like not, not regarding the Jewish community, but like when he's, when he's talking about Black Lives Matter, like he's so super on point about how they've never been for the Black community and and so I felt like he was selling his other messaging uh-huh. now because he's just, now he's going like off the handles and talking about Jews and 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 parroting Farrakhan talking points and all this stuff. So now like everything else gets kind of lost, and so people are kind of throwing out everything, um, and you know, be, and understandably so because he's he's talking about how Jews control everything, which is like an age-old anti-Semitic. These are sure. anti-Semitic tropes, um, and um, so yeah, that was the thing, and then. You know, so there was that, and then the fact that he and right before Adidas dropped him um, on the on the podcast that he was on called Drink Champs, uh, which they they've been known they they're they're a pretty popular cultural podcast. They have hip hop artists, they have rappers on there all the time. Sometimes they'll host very anti Israel people on there. They did it last year during the war. Um, one of the things that he said was that he could say anything. He could say anything. He could be as anti-Semitic as he wanted to, and they wouldn't drop him. Um, and then right. a few days later, we found out that they wound up dropping him. So, right. um, you know, I, I think that he's on this mission right now. And and I'm what's, what's even more disappointing to me is some of the conservatives who are defending him. Yeah. Um, that, that was the most disappointing, I think, to me, was... Kanye to me has always been kind of a loose cannon. You know, okay, I, I, always, okay. I always caution people against, I always caution people against like uh, putting all your eggs in a basket of someone who is kind of a loose cannon. So like he's, he's been known to say things to anger conservatives in the past. He's been known to say things to anger liberals. So, you know, you take what he says with a grain of salt. And if you agree, then agree, but not to kind of be invested in him. So um, there are conservatives who are so invested in him that they're, they're defending him. So then some of his followers, some of his, bigger followers were posting anti-Israel or, or not anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, um, anti-Jewish stuff as well on their social media pages. Um, people that uh, before this, I actually respected a lot more because they were, they are in the political space and we did agree on a lot of different things. And now they just kind of like took this left turn. Um, Candace Owens being one of them. Uh, there's another, there's another rap artist uh, who, who, uh, who I used to follow quite a bit um named Topher he he's another one like they just they just it was almost like a switch went off yeah and now they're like just posting all this literally like the same type of stuff here's a list of all the Jews who own major companies you know and in Hollywood and 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 it's just like okay but what's what's your point in in doing all this you know like 
Um, so that that was even more disappointing to me. Um, and now we're here where I think it's a good opportunity to, for us to have the, this conversation because even though Kanye is completely off and wrong, I think this opens the door to for us to have this kind of dialogue to from and especially for me with some even my other uh, black peers when we're talking about who what does who are the the real Jews and you know what uh, I want to come to that know, yeah yeah and all that kind of stuff it actually for me personally we can talk about that I know you have questions about that but there's there's some good conversation being had in within that now um, as far as Ipsy's concerned because we can actually take that and shine some light on Good. what the what the truth is about the Good. Jewish diaspora. Great. Like so that. I want to I want to get into let's take a break for for uh, about half a minute and come back and actually jump into that because that's where when I introduced you at the outset I'm I, I said I'm kind of pained that we're even having this conversation and up until now yes we've spoken about hip hop and I didn't I didn't know what you're telling me and uh, telling us um, mm-hmm. Cand- the Candace Owens of course disappointed me a lot because she's. She she was really credible and she's terribly intelligent. Mm. But up mm. until this point, this is where I felt I could have a conversation with anybody. But then he made it racial. So yeah. let's let's get into that. Hold on, I'm going to take a, a quick break. When you think of Jerusalem, you probably think of its historic and biblical sites. Run for Zion is a trip unlike any other. You will join tens of thousands of Israelis interacting with Jerusalem as you never have and never imagined you would. You'll connect with and bless Israelis of all backgrounds. If you've never been to Israel and are dying to come visit or haven't been for a while and can't wait to get back, Run for Zion is the opportunity for you. And now, if you register today, you can join us for as little as $29. Yes, that's for real, just $29. Run for Zion is a pilgrimage and service experience that gets you out of the tour bus, interacting with the people and the land. Check out runforzion.com for details and come run for Zion and bless Israel with every step. Okay, so Joshua, um, yeah, so Kanye is making all these comments. There, mm-hmm. there, there were a couple that really I felt like I, I was at bat, and 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 a tremendous curveball just mm-hmm. came came by because uh, because he's talking about in many different ways, and maybe you can help unpack it how he can't even be anti-Semitic because blacks are really Jews, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if he means. Blacks are the Jews or all blacks are Jews. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot in that, but, and I don't want to exaggerate, but he made a comment that's kind of unhinged. And, and then he was using that as a way of sort of defending himself saying, well, I can't be anti-Semitic because in effect, I'm really Jewish. Mm -hmm. And, and, Mm -hmm. and I, I wrote an article that's, that's coming out around this as well, where I, I realized, well, if that's the case, and if he really thinks he's Jewish, and he's blaming the Jews for controlling the media and controlling the black voice. And there's a then there's a built-in anti-Semitic paradox to what he's saying that that mm-hmm. debunks everything that he's saying. So then he started making these comments and talking about, I don't remember how he said it, but th- that the it, speaking about Planned Parenthood, which mm-hmm. is correct, it has a a very horrible, forget what we think may think about abortion today, but has a horrible history mm-hmm. in terms of having a proactive effort to abor- abort black babies. Mm-hmm. And was talking about killing Jewish people, referencing the black community. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Maybe you answered it, but maybe you can help mm-hmm. unpack that a little bit more. And I yeah. love to know where that where that's having some sort of moments of enlightenment now in, in mm-hmm. conversations you're having. Sure, absolutely. So, one of the things that um, so to me, to me, Kanye is a he, he wants to he wants to attack he you know he wants to build up his community. Um, I don't think he has people in his camp who are who truly can mentor him or or steer him or or anything, and so. Um, yeah, so talking about Planned Parenthood, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, the the origins are very it's eugenics, you know, the, it, the eliminating the black race, and you know that that has been the goal of Planned Parenthood in its founding, and, and, and to the point that even even Planned Parenthood finally admitted this yeah. uh, like two years ago in an article. It's okay, yes, okay, we're, Margaret Sanger was racist, and and that was, this was her plan, and all that stuff, and so. It's so um, astounding to me. I mean, that, yeah. I have my issues on abortion, but it's so astounding that that would, uh, 
I, I can't begin to understand it. I can't, it, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. Right. Right. I mean, it, it was even, even to a point, not to, not to uh, digress too much, but to a point where, you know, her, she wrote a book called the, the, the Negro um, project where in her book, she said that we have to get to the clergymen in order to get to the, to the black community. Like if we can convince these pastors that, uh, that abortion is good, then they can send wow. that message to their congregation. So that was her tactic was, Wow. We can't let them know this is what we want to do, but if we can get it through the the religious leaders, then no then we can kidding. affect the black community. Um, so yeah, she's, wow. she was very destructive. It was very detrimental. And so the thing about Kanye is that he, and not just him, but a lot of people is that they start off, they might start off that way, but to me, without the proper, if you don't have uh, someone older and wiser to kind of walk you through some of these things, you will kind of just go off the rails somewhere. So now his thing is, oh, it's the Jews. It's a, it's a Jewish conspiracy. Jews have been trying to, and to me, and this is what I tell my my friends, my fellow non-Jewish friends like myself is, you know, every every group, every ethnic group, every whatever, both gen- there's there's good people and there's bad people, period. Yeah. And so you may be able to point to in history, uh, pe- Jewish people who have done bad things in the community, Jewish people who are racist, Jewish people who are whatever. But I can I can also point to you more Jewish people who were fighting against those things. Correct. There were Jews who, there were Jews in the civil war who fought and, and died to end slavery. You know, there were, there were Jews in the UK. I learned this recently who like, and who, who bought the, if I remember, if I remember this correctly, they bought the banks to um, free all the slaves in the UK. That's why there wow. was an award in slavery in, in, in Great Britain, because, because the, the Jewish, the Jews there, the wealthy ones there, they actually bought all the slaves and set them free. Wow. Like that. So if you, if you are going to, you know, drag up like history, sure. Then let's talk about all of it, you know, right, and, and right. it's always interesting to me because whenever we talk about how Jews were our allies in the civil rights movement, um, the, the, if we're debating someone, they say, Oh, let's not, let's not talk about history. It's not what's happening right now, but then they're the same people who want to bring up, you know, history about the negative things that have happened and unfortunately, if there were if there were some Jewish people who were a part of that, they want to talk about that. And I said, like, they don't they don't talk about the good stuff, just the bad stuff. Right. Um, and so so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is in as, as someone in the in the music industry, um, you know, I know for a fact that, yes, you have a lot of there are a lot of Jews who own record labels, just like there are, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of non-Jews who own record labels. But the point is, the reason why um, that's the case is because. Uh, in the 50s and 60s, Jews were not allowed in the spaces, in the white spaces to do music, just like black people. So Jew, so there are a lot of Jews who started their own labels and signed on a lot of black artists because neither of us were allowed to, to uh, wow. be in the mainstream record labels. And then like what like anything else, if you're successful, you become you you become an institution, which is what we all aspire to become when we're starting these types of things. Um and so it's like a, it's not like some sort of conspiracy to, um, and again, it's, it's a confirmation bias, right? Like th- these people can point to, um, it's, it's, it's like, it's the same thing, like with me as a black person, you know, if someone were to say that black people are thieves and they, and they steal and, and they're, and they're thugs and gangsters, um, obviously that's not true, but then they can point to someone because there are, there are black people who are, who are thieves. There are black people who are gangsters and they can point to some people and say, see, there they are right there. That doesn't mean that's true for everyone, but if you keep trying to find stuff to to make you correct, you're gonna you will find some stuff. I mean, sure, because no no everyone has their own flaws. No one's perfect, and so this conversation is being blown up. There's no nuance. Um, and to and to answer your question, because you're asking me what um, uh, I'm not sure if I answered your question. You were asking me a, I, I went I went a little bit too much on a tangent. I apologize. No, no. I said before, tangents are all. Are, yeah. are, are all good um uh, honestly well we were t- i mean we're talking about the, the, the what what did he even mean by by referring to blacks right and Jews? that and and that's an age-old that is a when i say a black hebrew israelite and that's a broad term because they're different they're different yeah. denominations if you will there's they're very peaceful uh people who who uh they have their own they, they study torah and they they do their own thing and unfortunately, the, the the ones who've been getting a lot of press are the ones who are on the street corners, yelling at people, telling telling Ashkenazi Jews that they're fake and that white Jews are fake and black Jews are real and all this other stuff. 
Um, that's one of their main talking points is, um, now Kanye didn't say we're the only Jews, but that's their talking point is the only, the only real Jews are black American Jews or black Americans. And, um, black, black and Americans, so, not black Africans, not, not black Africans, not, not, not no, Jamaican, like all, right. Only that. Okay. And, and they point to these, this particular site, they point to Deuteronomy chapter 28 as their, as their stepping stone that, you know, it was prophesied that that God would scatter the children of Israel to the four corners of the earth and carry them off into slavery. The thing that they always miss is that that prophecy says to the four corners of the earth. It didn't say to America. Yeah. You know, people like slaves were, there were slaves all over the, the known world. There's, there's, there's still slaves now in Africa. So, right. and the Middle East. So, um, but that, that's their logic. So Kanye is kind of pick, taking from what they, their talking points of where, we're the only Jews and, um, you know, we're the real Jews. And, and so it's, it's a, like I said, it's a misconception based on a, a misunderstanding of, of really of scripture. I mean, we can point, we can go back to scripture in the same chapter to, to, to disprove that and say, okay, if this is, if this is your foundation, I can actually use the same foundation to show you that you're wrong, you know? Um, but that's, that's where he's coming from with that. And that's kind of what uh, both black Hebrew Israelites and also just other Christians who are starting to subscribe to that ideology. They find these scriptures that they've never seen before. Um, and then they see, hear other people say, this means that we're Jews and we're the only Jews and they run with that, right? They, they see the sense of purpose and identity, particularly in a, in a, in a time where a lot of Christians, unfortunately, aren't getting substantive teachings from their, from their pastors or they're just, they're not being taught anything at all in, in certain books of the Bible, you know, just, it's all fluffy, all this other on the, stuff. On the heels of a church tradition of replacement theology. So right. sure, why not replace the actual Jews with black Americans? Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's still a, got a, an anti-Semitic root to it all. Right, right. I, 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 I've become aware in the last couple of years of something that really motivates, motivates, inspires me that mm. I didn't know that, that black slaves who weren't allowed to read the, the word when when someone was able to read they were typically reading the bible and they mm-hmm. derived inspiration from the exodus our story and they believed mm-hmm. that if the god the creator who they were worshiping would free the jewish people who know who they knew that they weren't then he would also free them and a yep. movement maybe you can cast some light on that for me mm-hmm. um there was a movement that came out of that and i don't know if that meant that they that that they felt that they were Jews, but that mm. they were in the in the um, um, in the tradition of the Jewish people. What 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 can you enlighten us about on that? So yeah, there there is a kindred um, spiritual connection. I think that I would say that I don't believe that the slaves thought that they were the Jews, but there definitely was this deep connection to the Hebrews of the Bible, to 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 the Israelites, to the to the slaves, you know, and. Um, a lot of a lot of the songs we sing, right? Go down Moses, yeah. yeah. Joshua at the Battle of Jericho, Elijah Rock. These these were songs. Um, some these were songs both uh, that we would sing because, like, looking forward to our liberation, but also some a lot of these songs were also secret codes to to uh, other slaves. So you know, you know, because that was uh, usually when the slaves would sing, uh, it wasn't just you know around other slaves, but a lot of their slave owners or the white people would come just to hear slaves sing uh, their song because, you know, they sounded really good. We had great voices and all that kind of Beautiful. stuff. Beautiful, yeah. So they would sing these songs uh, as a secret code to sometimes to tell people, okay, meet me over here at this time, uh-huh. you know, or this, like Wade in the Water was also about, um, you know, at, when the moon is up, I want you to meet me in this part of the river. But they couldn't say that, and so they would put it in songs. Uh-huh. Um and um, which is funny, it reminds me of it's, it was a story that I heard recently um, before before Jerusalem was liberated. Um, there were these men that went there. Uh, there were British soldiers that were guarding it. You know, this is before the the uh, Great Britain was gone. They would go there and they would blow their shofar, which was illegal. Yes. Um, and they and uh, they would do it here and there. And they, they planned it so that they would confuse the guards. And um, there was one time where a man was praying at the wall. And um, he was he was chanting and he was praying and he saw that a British guard was coming and so he starts in in Hebrew and you know I think in Yiddish saying that you know there's a guard coming there's a guard coming there's a oh, guard coming okay, but he okay. was 
rocking back and forth and saying it in like this in the in the ways that cantors would sing. So the British soldiers didn't know what he was saying. They didn't even pay attention to him. But the but the the Jews who were there around them, they they understood what he was saying and they moved. So I, I, when I saw that, I said that's the, that's the same thing. It's we we, we embedded it in song, um, and so yeah, there's this, there is this connection that's there, um, and that's where so that's that's always been the connection. That's always been um, um, our guiding post has been the Bible has been God, um, even after slavery, you know, in at the turn of the century. In 1899, when when "Lift Every Voice and Sing" was written by James Weldon Johnson, which which Booker T. Washington coined as the, the Negro National Anthem, the oh. whole song is about us not forgetting, not forgetting God, not forgetting the God who actually freed us from slavery. Um, this was and this was before the Civil Rights Movement. This was before you know uh, um, Dr. King was even born. Anything. This was, but this was a song that basically said we we cannot forget the God who brought us out of slavery just like the children of israel shouldn't the bible tells them not to forget the god who brought them out of egypt same thing for us so there's there's always been this connection and unfortunately when there's a lack of teaching and i think and a lack of um of of leaders actually uh teaching these truths i think we start to kind of try to fill in the blanks ourselves so now we see we look at scripture we say okay we're the real jews that's where that's where this teaching is from we're the real jews this is us these jews are fake as a matter of fact the reason why we were enslaved was because of the Jews. The Jews controlled the slave trade and the Jews enslaved us. Um, and then they, you know, they call themselves Jews, even though they're not. They, they stole our heritage. That's kind of what they stole our, our, um, our legacy, our lineage, and we have to get it back, um, which is it's, it's unfortunate. But um, it's that's where we are. And that's kind of where, like I said, when Kanye wants to go this way. He had he has a home because this this is being this is a doctrine that continues to be taught over and over again. And it's a big dark hole that he's gone down and and it's from which he doesn't seem to be able or or, or interested in extricating mm. himself. And I, I I know that you used to uh, you didn't use the word unbalanced, but a loose cannon. Um, he, he's got a history of that, and I agree with what you said on certain things positions that he's taken and we can you know the saying of course that even a broken clock is right twice a day so i mean i can i can subscribe to certain things that people with whom i disagree violently will say on a one-off basis i just didn't think that he was that um imbalanced and and maybe there are other things maybe because he's um his latest tirade is has been anti-semitic so maybe my um, back is up and and um, certainly been on a lot of uh, Jewish chats and articles and what have you and and it's an important conversation I want to take a break again but when I want to I want to come back and if it's more to enlighten about this we will then I want to try and take it in a in a um, constructive way where do we go I mean we have this reality in front of us um, and and Kanye is a big lightning rod for good or for bad and uh, let's let's see where we can take it maybe he'll listen Let's, we'll come back right after this. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis 123 Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill. They are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. So I, I didn't go into this conversation necessarily thinking that Kanye's comments are racially motivated, but I think you've given a great understanding about how that that can be the case, and I and I get that, and I get where he's coming from, and I don't know anything about his his educational background 
but I would say in a generous way, and I don't mean it as an insult, he's ignorant. And, and, uh, and, and that's something that I'm ignorant of things myself. So I don't mean that as an indictment, but rather just a reality. Um, but we've now got this situation and he, and he's speaking specifically about black Americans. He's not concerned with black Africans. Um, it seems he's concerned with the, with the, uh, black community there. And most of the topics about therefore black Jewish relations have focused on black Jewish relations there. When I think about it, maybe, and this would be a a lovely conversation to have another time. I think of much broader. I think of how Israel, the, the, the infant state of Israel within the first decade was investing huge effort and resources. And yes, there was a political and diplomatic reason, but in Black Africa, like who were also recently liberated from colonial control, mm-hmm. just like Israel was in 1948. And, and much of Black Africa was like that. So I think wider, and I can't ever help think because I don't look at, I, it's, it's to the extent that it's possible, I don't look at skin color mm-hmm. as being significant, but I'm so proud of the fact, and I get emotional, that we've rescued tens of thousands of Ethiopian Jews who are as black as you mm-hmm. and and yet they come from a thousands of year tradition of being Jews mm-hmm. but to the extent that we're talking about black Jewish relations and even if it's there and I think most of your work is there how do we what's what's a way to turn this around what's a way to take mm-hmm. Kanye use use even this negative Mm. Um, Joseph said it when he was talking to his brothers, that which man meant for, for evil, God mm. meant for good. How can yeah. we turn it around? Absolutely. I, I think that, so to your point, first of all, it is totally correct. I mean, this, this relationship, this black and Jewish relationship goes all the way back. We, we see them as connected. Israel, Africa, uh, American Jews, American blacks, that, that there's this goes all the way back to, 3,000 years ago, you know, when, 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 uh, the queen of Ethiopia visited King Solomon in Israel, right, you know, right. and, and brought four tons of gold and, and so many other things that, that, and, and said that God loves Israel forever. You know, that, that was, there was something very spiritual that even, and we, we, we teach this even to our fellow Christians as well. It was so significant that even Jesus references it in, in, really, in where? Yeah. He says that, um, I'll, I'll pull it up. He says that, um, because he's actually chastising, but he 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 brings up um, he talks about the queen of the south visiting Solomon. No kidding. Um, yeah, it's uh, let's see here. It is let's see, scripture. He says it's in Luke chapter eleven. Okay. Um, uh, verse thirty-one. Yeah, it's it's such a significant event that he that Jesus even references it. He says the queen of the south will appear at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon uh and what is what is here now is greater than Solomon. So it's even something that he noted, you know, in in the New Testament that that there's there's this Africa Israel thing that happened here, you know. And That's... even 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 before that you look at you know, to me, Moses and Jethro even represent that relationship. You know, oh. Moses and his father-in-law, Moses, uh, uh, correct, uh, Hebrew and, and Jethro, who from Midian, which which is on the continent, which is Kush, he's a Kushite, and correct. And um, the whole system of government that Moses set up was because his father-in-law said, "What are you doing? You can't, you can't, uh, you can't judge every single case of these millions of people out here. You need to set up judges in these different right. uh, areas and and have them do it for you." That was all because that was the that was the Africa Israel, you know, relationship coming together and making something. So that's that's so just to your point, and then to move forward from here, really the good thing about what's been happening is that it has been opening up a conversation um, that has been very helpful. So I've um, I've been able personally to have these conversations with these not only um, other other black people, but these other um, kind of bigger influential pages and people who have been posting or just posting stuff that Kanye has been saying, or they, you know, they've been thinking about this stuff for a while. And so they're, they're having these things on so messages and Hey, you want, if you want to talk, you know, we, we, we do this all the time. And, um, and so actually setting something straight that yes, you're absolutely right. Like people will reference Deuteronomy 28. Yes. That's a powerful scripture. And yes, that does speak to, um, you know, that does speak to 
you know, the, the, whether it's a, the transatlantic, it could speak to the transatlantic slavery, it speaks to slavery, speaks to the, the, the scattering and all these different things. But um, we have to look at scripture for what it actually says. And this is what it actually says. This is what it means. So this, based on this, it's not true that, um, that, that they're all, the only Jews are black. That just doesn't even of course. Um, line up with most of the, I mean, the scriptures and prophets and everything talks about, it speaks to the diaspora. You even see some of the diaspora in the scriptures in the Jews of Persia and Jews of Babylon, and like that already was starting to become a thing. So we're taking this opportunity to be able to, to talk to people who have had questions about this for a while or weren't aware. And so they go, well, how much of this is true? Is this true? Um, so even in the midst of, like I said, it's it's been disappointing to see certain people defending uh, words and actions. We're also seeing other people who are kind of shaken up by what's happening. And they're like, they're coming to us saying, well, can you, I know that you guys talk about this a lot. Like, what is, can you speak to this? Can you guys talk, like, can you come to our, can you speak to our church? Can you speak at our school? Um, can you do a Zoom session with our students and and unpack these things and both both Jewish and non so that's that's been a blessing for us to. I'm, I'm glad you're having that conversation. So I, I want to actually one of the things uh, there, and there's so much, and I haven't really been trolling all of this or researching. It's just the sum mm. of what's been in my face. Um, mm. And one of the things that was really again disappointing to me, and partly is because it came from Candace Owens, is I right. think she tweeted out a comment before Adidas canceled his yeah. his contract that that he they better give him his money as mm-hmm. if there was some cabal against him or to steal his money. And right. I'm, I'm wondering, what do you think now he's lost his deal with, with uh, Adidas. He's mm-hmm. been um, uh, for lack of another word, I don't like the term, but canceled by his, uh, but there was, they were doing a, um, do, a documentary about him. That's been shelved yeah. at least for the time being his mm. talent agent has dropped him. Is, mm. is, is there, or will there be, uh, a, a backlash because of that that's a in general and b specifically relating to racial issues so there there will be unfortunately from people who already have a have a, a bias against jews i mean that's they're going to say see look he's look he's what he's saying is true because he said jews control everything and now he's he has everything everyone has dropped him the problem is I can point to several examples of of people saying racist things against black people who've been canceled as well. I mean, it's not just a Jewish thing. When Roseanne tweeted that thing about yeah, uh, yeah. Valerie Jarrett, got, she was she was thrown off her own. The show was called Roseanne. And she got kicked <laughs> off her show. I mean, and she apologized. She apologized and everything. And they were like, "Nope, you're gone. You're done." Right. And then right. they changed to the Connors, and that's and they just moved on from there. It's just they don't even talk about it anymore. Um, <clears throat> my dad referenced, I think his name was Kramer from Seinfeld. When yeah. he went on that rant, uh, he was doing the stand-up comedy. Was it Kramer? Or was someone? Um, and uh, he had some hecklers, and he just started using the N-word. He's calling them the oh, N-word. Oh, like, oh. like gone. He's like, he. I didn't even remember. He said, "You don't remember because they just once he was gone, no one even talked about him ever again." Like it was just. Um, even the, I read I, the guy from um, the guy who used to be on the Papa John's commercial, the pizza commercial. Someone yeah. caught him on tape. He wasn't even using. He wasn't even calling anyone a racial slur. He was. Talking, he was referencing something else, but he said the N word in his referencing. Someone took that and blasted it everywhere, and then he got fired from. He's not even he like he's not the Papa John's guy anymore. He's gone. There's someone else replaced him. So I mean, there's lots of examples of people who have said racist things against black people who've been canceled. And so you know, the fact that people will kind of take this to say, you know, there you go, you know, Jews control everything. It's like yeah, but Kanye literally. You pulled out every anti-Semitic trope in the book. So what did you expect was going to happen? You know, and that's not that's not evidence that Jews control everything. That's evidence that people have, you know, ears and they can hear the things that he's saying. You know, and yeah. and it's not okay. So well, I'm encouraged um, by that because honestly, the state of anti-Semitism in the world, um, and I don't mean just from people saying but believing and 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 the violence. I'm actually mm-hmm. encouraged that people actually mm-hmm. care that that because I I don't take that for granted. Um, mm. Yeah, may, maybe someone should tweet out, and I'm winking. You can take it if you want. That the irony is, uh, Adidas is a German company whose founders were Nazi sympathizers. Were Nazis. Right. So, so I don't think that there's any balance to say that the Jews are controlling Adidas's uh, right. um, dis- economic decision. Which, by the way, they're losing a ton of money on as well, especially yeah. because it's November before the holidays. 
Right. Right. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it is. And, and as people just need to think, they need to think. And, you know, the other thing, and so to me, what's interesting about this too, is that people who I didn't even know they knew what anti-Semitism meant are like calling out Kanye. And, I, and I'm watching certain people and I'm going, yeah, just last year, you were saying all kinds of stuff about Jews and about Israel and all this stuff. And now it's like, you want to act like you're, you have this moral high ground you know, and so I, I am noticing that too, is that um, there are, you know, I'm glad that people are calling, are calling out the anti-Semitism, but there's a, there's a certain amount of disingenuousness from some of these people because they don't have any love in their heart for Jews either. It's just that they see this as an opportunity to whatever it is they're trying to do, you know, because it's uh-huh. Kanye and they didn't like him for other reasons. Um, and, you know, but, but even that, all that being said, that even strengthens the point of, that you know, obviously, this is not just some big Jewish cabal because um, you see that so many people who are not even Jewish are appalled at these words. You know, like there, there are a lot of people who aren't Jewish who are saying, "Hey, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be saying these things. They aren't true. These yeah. are these are dangerous talking points." And so, yeah, the people, like the people, will say what they're going to say, and and like I said, the likes of, and like I said, I, and again, I'm disappointed. I mean, I. I know Candace Owens is, is, is she just released a documentary about Black Lives Matter. And I was excited to watch it and I'm still gonna see it and, yeah. and share it and stuff. It's just that to me, she's lost, she's lost um, a significant amount of credibility by like by sticking with Kanye in this whole yeah, yeah. Jewish thing. Like even if you guys are friends, you don't have to necessarily disavow him, but you could still come out and say, Hey, I don't condone what he said about Jews. I think it's wrong and I don't stand with that. Well, um, she could have just picked up the phone to him and say, "Hey, Kanye, like, hey, man, you're off the off the rails here," and and not have said anything. But right. it, it's, it's disappointing. What's disappointing is because, as much as I can say again, not in a pejorative way, that Kanye West is <clears throat> ignorant. Yeah. I don't look at Candace West as uh, Candace Owens as being ignorant at all. No. She's no. super. She's more intelligent than you and I together. Yeah, and, and that's and that's absolutely. so disturbing. Mm-hmm. What would you say, Joshua? What would you say if I just suddenly added Kanye to the conversation right now and he were listening? What, what, what? And, and if he's looking for guidance, what, how can you help him? What, what's, what do you want him to know? I honestly, and, and we've done this too. I would, I would reach out. I would extend an olive branch and say, Hey, I would love to sit down with you and I want you to share with me why you said things you said and i want to actually like walk through these things with you to to unpack them dismantle a lot of the things and actually give you it's not just about dismantling the lies but it really is about building a, a better foundation a foundation of truth so hey Kanye, let's let's sit and talk without no cameras no so it won't be a podcast no nothing else it should just be you and me yeah or, off or, the record or you and my dad you know and and let's let's and we're not going to sit there and, and scream at you, but we do want to show you some stuff, and we want to address specifically the things that you're saying and challenge you to make you see why what you're saying is not only wrong but it's just not true. You know, so I, w- I would love to just have a conversation with you um, and and get you to see why what you said is is not not okay. And then I would love, and then in the hopes with the hopes that he would apologize because he not because he felt pressure to from other people yeah. he realizes that what he said the things he's been saying has been really just off the wall but it um, will take an, a, a conversation like that with someone yeah. like you and not with whoever his per- I, I would love to know what conversations happened between him and adidas before adidas canceled the contract because i'm sure that wasn't mm-hmm. i'm sure that they gave him a chance they 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 had no interest to want to cancel that right, uh right. contract and i and i'm sure that they tried to get him like like anyone you know even if it's just i'm saying in quotes just a business Mm -hmm. relationship you want you want your business to to go to go well and and but it is more it's much more it's moral what what about the people like one of the early Mm. things at least in the jewish community that was a big red flag for for us is the guy standing on the 405 freeway in los angeles with the big signs that said kanye honk if you think kanye is right Mm -hmm. and then there was some i don't remember even what it was some pejorative anti-semitic statement what would you say to people like that i mean first of all are they just following him blindly is it Mm anti-semitism and what would you say if you had people like that in a room honestly uh so 
it's tricky. I mean, I would, I would first of all, I mean, if they were in the room with me, and we're talking, I, I, I would be blasting them. I mean, calling them out, you know, and because and, I know they're they're an established group. I think it was, I think it was. Oh Goyim. yeah, Goyim Lives Matter. Goyim Live, yeah, right, right. They're, they're I think they're a right wing anti-Semitic uh, group, right. um, and um, and uh, yeah, so I, I would call, I mean, call them out, but then. For me, I like to have conversations with groups like that uh, in public because I want people to see the interaction, to see their ideas challenged, not so much to, not just to embarrass them, but so that people can see that, okay, I'm asked, I'm, I'm challenging them on this and they, they're not responding. You see how sure. they're not an answer. Um, and I, you know, one of the things that a friend of mine noted, one of my Jewish friends, um, and she She's left-leaning, and, and she made this point, and I'm saying she's left-leaning because it's, it's significant. Her point was, yes, you guys, um, Goyim TV is, is right-leaning. They're in the middle of L.A. with this sign, and they're getting a ton of honks. Do you think it's a bunch of conservatives in L.A. honking? Oh, like, wow. She was like, you know, it, there's probably people of all, across the spectrum. There's people Whoa. left and right. It's L.A. It's California. Good observation. And I was like, wow. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like it's the horseshoe thing, right? Like, it's like, you know, that eventually you go to a far enough extreme, you guys yep. meet on in the middle which is which is the jews and so it's, it's it's unfortunate that he's he's um the people are coming out now in support of him um and you know it to me it, it speaks to a deeper issue also of um and this is the, something that we we my wife also works for an organization called club z which is an organization that works with teens jewish youth and um and i do as well and we had a conversation with them a few days ago and i was telling them that you know you also have a responsibility to uh, whatever space you find yourself in, whether you're an activist or you're just an athlete or a musician or, or an electrician or whatever, that in your respective space to call out lies when you see it, you know, to even if these people are close to you. So my thing is one of the big flaws of Kenneth Owens and other people around Kanye was that I think they enjoyed his company so much and being associated with him, they didn't want to lose that relationship. And so instead of calling them out, they signed off on it for whatever, because for clout, I say, you know, don't let clout, don't, don't let clout be the reason why, don't let clout yeah. or anything else make you compromise yourself. And I think that's, that's part of what's going on here is that people who know what he's saying probably isn't right, but they like the fame they have with being associated with someone like, yay. So they, they, you know, they sign off on it or they, they stay wow. silent, you know, wow. I guess the, I guess the makeup of his Hanukkah, <clears throat> Christmas or Kwanzaa party this year will be um, more of an echo chamber than it will be. Uh, diverse as it may have been in the past. I want to just wrap up with one broader question. We're talking about, first of all, thank you. What an enlightening conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. Years ago, I can't can't even find it. I have to look for it. I wrote a really off, uh, out of the box article called 50 Shades of Anti-Semitism. I've had Mm -hmm. good friends, Christian friends who have made anti-Semitic comments. And you can imagine, and it's not right, not not in a mean way, but just tropes that, you know, one person mm-hmm. said to me once, well, you can't be Jewish. You don't have a Jewish nose. And, wow. and I just thought, wow. you know, uh, <clears throat> but actually I didn't correct him then and tell him why mm-hmm. both where we were and, and, and out of respect, but there are a lot of, there's a lot of that. And, and yeah. it's, and, and Kanye, yeah. I don't think is in the category, at least not yet of wanting to shoot gas and burn all the Jewish people and the kind of most extreme anti-Semitism. Um, but you're, you're in this space a lot. You're building bridges and, and specifically among black Americans, what would be your solution? And by the way, there are a lot of organizations that deal with this stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I honestly, I'm not so thrilled with it because I think there's a lot of people making business about anti-Semitism, combating anti-Semitism. And we haven't seen a whole lot of success Right. over the right. over the years uh yeah. or maybe we would see worse if they weren't there i don't know what do you mm-hmm. have a solution in general to combat anti-semitism and perhaps specifically in the black community absolutely one of the, one of the biggest things that we're actually doing right now is our, our peace initiative it's called plan for education advocacy and community engagement and essentially it's a long-term strategy right it's it's we are essentially affecting the culture from the ground up and pouring into twice a year, we have we take these young black leaders um, through a nine month course uh, where they are learning about Israel. We have these guest teachers that come in. We have discussions all the time, 
Then we take them to an African country, which oh, in cool. December, we're taking them to South Africa um, to learn about the relationship between South Africa and Israel in South Africa, also to meet um, uh, both leaders, community, political leaders, tribal leaders, all those communities, all those types of things. And, um, and then we take them to Israel in the spring. Um, and so this is our, our pilot year. We're starting this now. We have a good group of, of um, we have a good group of, I think, 15 young people from different parts of the country. Um, each semester we'll have 40, 40 kids, 40 people per semester, everyone from ages 18. Um, I think our oldest person in our group is in their late forties. Um, community leaders, writers, uh, pastors, people who, who, um, not just, not social media influence, but people who have um, an impact in their community, people who have a, a, like a deep connection with people that they live with, um, who are in different spaces, um, and, and filling them up with knowledge. And then the last part of our, of our peace initiative is actually, um, helping them in their communities build a, or have a community center where they can continue to foster this relationship between, uh, the Black and Jewish community in their areas. Um, teach, host these things, host us as Ipsy, host other speakers that we might recommend to them, and then for them to just tackle issues of their communities that need to be tackled, you know, and I think that this is something that, you know, um, I'll give you, I'll give you a quick example of on the other end. So if, uh, a few months ago, about a year ago, I was in New York, I was in Buffalo, New York, and I had to get a haircut um, before I, I, my dad was speaking at a church, and I was doing some music there, and we were invited to come, and so my hair is all just gruffy and messed up. So I, I looked up some barbershops. I found one that did um, fades because, you know, I, I, I was trying to find a black barbershop that did certain fades so I can get a certain style. And I went there. The owner of the shop was a young kid. He's a, a Palestinian kid. He's 18 oh. years old. Um, he had he had some artwork on the wall. He had a flag with the, with the fist on it, things like that. Okay. And um, customers were all black and he was cutting my hair. And this was just a couple of months after the, 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 what I guess what's called the 11 day war. Now what happened last year in Israel in, Mar- in May of 2000, in May. right. This was like 2021, 2021, right. And um, he was cutting my hair and I was just looking around and I said, my goodness, it just hit me that during the war, um, he had a platform to just say whatever he wanted to say. Yet he had customers who came to him because he was a good barber. He cut my hair really, really well. And I was like, during this war, they come in, they see a they see a Palestinian flag on his wall. They say, "Hey, are you what is what's going on?" Like, and right. he could say whatever he wanted to say. Like, he was in his community, he lived there, he worked there, and people in the area knew him. And so, just like the whole PLO style thing we we're talking about yeah. early on, like that was their that might have been their only impression of what's happening Correct. in the Middle East was my friend who cuts my hair says he's from yeah. Gaza and he has family there and Israel's destroying everything. So. Like and that's that's all they get. Um, yeah. But that but that's a that's an organic way of of reaching out to a community, which is what we're doing now. Is great. We are we're reaching out to people who have influence. Like I said, not just not just followers on social media, but influence in their in their geographical locations, um, pouring into them, mentoring them, walking with them, and then taking them to an African country, taking them to Israel. Um, and then also being with them afterward to to walk with them in their communities and, and help establish these whatever programs you know need to be established in those areas. Um, that's one of the big ways. That to me, I think, and I, I would have to agree with you that um, we want to work ourselves out of a business. I mean, we, you know, we I, I don't. I've told my dad, and we we're talking about this before. In 20 years, I don't want my sons if if they're if they're if they happen to do the same thing we're doing, I don't want their mission to be the same thing as our mission. They, they should have a different mission. Otherwise, we, we just, we're just existing to exist and Correct. we're just raising money to raise money. But, you know, I want when they grow up to live in a different world where we, our job, we were successful. And so now they're taking it a step further and they're doing these other things with, you know, my, my son is half South African. Both of my sons are half South African, half American. They can continue to be a bridge between uh, Black America and Black Africa and Israel, yes. and all the different things that, you know, but if, if it would be, it'd be a failure on our part if, if uh you know 20 years from now if she's doing the same exact thing that, that I, I can tell you now you can quote me on this and maybe bring up this art this interview later uh but th- that would mean that we're not doing our job well what what a great vision and and as we are inspiration from zion what a what an inspiring vision i'm glad i'm glad i asked the question that was you know since this is unscripted i had no idea what you were going to say 
but I'm I'm real grateful for the answer and for the vision. Um, Joshua Washington, Executive Director of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel, IBSI, I-B-S-I uh, org. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time, for your insight, um, and for what you do. I'm real grateful. Thank you, Jonathan. I really thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, very much so. So just as in in wrapping up, um, everyone who follows Inspiration from Zion knows, and if you're new listening, uh, every month we give away a free book. I call it From Jonathan's Bookshelf. Two months ago, someone from uh, Vietnam won the won the book about the uh, C- uh, Israel's military operation in Syria 15 years ago, taking out the nuclear reactor, which was uh, which is kind of cool. Um, so all we ask in order to win, your, in order to get an opportunity to win the book this month. We're giving away something that's very impressive to me. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing an episode specifically about the book. It's called The Book of Jewish Knowledge. It's got incredible content and depth, along with some stunning pictures and and uh, graphs of, of of the breadth of Jewish history, something people really, really appreciate uh, having in their own home. So all you need to do is go to the Inspiration from Zion social media and follow and like us. And when you comment and share the link to this program, we're going to select one person at random to win the book. And it's an amazing book. Every Every month we have something unique. We're always grateful to our uh, podcast sponsors, um, our friends, first of all, at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're in the area, go in and say hi and thank them for helping make conversations like this possible. And also thank you to the Coin family as well for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining us to help continue the dialogue and build bridges. And if you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor or memory of a loved one, or a special occasion, please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. As the host, I have the privilege of deciding sometimes when there's nobody who's actually sponsored, I get to decide. And since this episode is airing the week of the Balfour Declaration, if you don't know what that is, be in touch with me. But the Balfour Declaration from 1917, 105 years ago, uh, I want to shout, give a shout out to uh, Lord Balfour uh, and, and everyone who follows in his footsteps that help be a, a seed along the way in restoring Jewish sovereignty to the land of Israel. As always, we'd love to hear your comments as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially questions you have about traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. We've got a great one coming up next week. Please share this with others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here to, to hear more meaningful conversations relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and all your loved ones are safe and healthy, and I send my blessings to you from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you. <laughs>